0: Alright, so welcome back to Untranslated Islam. This is actually episode number five. I planned on it being maybe two episodes that we covered this hadith, which is the hadith of Abu Bakr's first migration attempt. But there were so many benefits that we made a choice to break it up point by point so that you could benefit from each one. So this episode number five, which is going to be talking about having a good reputation, not just with your family, because we covered that already, but not just with your family, your community and society at large. I hope that you enjoy (laughs) <laughs> you funny. You want to make me figure this all out? huh? Um, so if you ain't figured it out yet, then <laughs> throw a rock at you. All right. We starting back in um, different points of benefit from uh, the hadith of Abu Bakr's first hijra attempt. OK, so of the benefits and for those who are not familiar with it, then you will have to go back and you have to listen to it because each time that we start talking we go a little lengthy and so we can't keep giving a bridge version of the hadith and then getting into it so for those who need to refer then you can refer back but I think that I'll make it clear from what I'm talking about okay so this point is called okay for from the benefits of the hadith, uh is the point it shows the strength of the connection that the prophet ﷺ had with abu bakr okay the strength of connection that they had all right um and this is because of the statement in the hadith where aisha said that there wasn't a day that i could remember in my entire life when i was living with my parents as a young girl except that abu I except that the prophet ﷺ would come and visit us two times every single day in the morning time or beginning of the day and then it will he will stop past again in the afternoon or the later later on in the day the end of the day all right so uh the sheikh uh habib bin saleh hass and kan yushawiruhu fi umur ad-da'wa wala <laughs> shak and لذلك كان لابد ان يمر على صديق يوم uh so he said that This shows that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to come and used to take counsel with Abu Bakr about the the situation of how to move along with spreading the call of Islam. Okay, And this is from the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he said, فَبِرَحْمَةً مِنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ (laughs) ولو كنت القلب لم من عنهم واستغفر لهم وشاورهم في الأمر عزمت فتوكل على الله. So in this ayat which is Surah Al Imran, Allah tells the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to uh, uh, to make forgiveness for them for for your companions and to take counsel and advice, take counsel with them and advice with them on how to move forward. But then you make the final call. And when you affirm on your what you're going to do for tawakkil ala Allah, then trust in Allah. So the Ulama of tafsir, they say, what's the benefit or the benefit that we can derive from this? Because he's the messenger. He's getting Wahi from Allah through Jibril. Why does he need to confer with people under him? Number one, to keep them humble. Two, so you take counsel and people get benefit. All right, great benefit. All right, like we said before, the Khunduk, the Battle of the Khunduk, he got that from Suhaibul Rumi to know to dig a ditch. The situations that happened that showed sunnas coming from other than the Prophet, like when he stood up and he said, Rabba, walakal, uh, he says, Semi Allah somebody behind him said, Hamd, Hamdan Mubarakan Fi. This is just a Sahaba. We don't even know his name. But when he's finished, he said, turned around, When we finished a lot. He said, who just, who said that? And they said, he said, I did, Ya Rasulullah. He said, I asked because when you said it, 30 scribes from the angels came over to write what you said, trying to figure out what to do with what you said, because it was so amazing. So from that, a normal sahaba, Allah honored that sahaba with being the one that give us that sunnah, because the sunnah is what the prophet said, what he did. What he said and what he said or commanded, what he did, and then what he ratified or allowed. And so in that situation, to this day, when we come up to say we can say because it came from somewhere other than the Prophet and the Prophet ratified it. So the whole point is, is that at this time, Abu Bakr, and still until he died, he was the closest person to him. And he was the most upstanding, most solid, most balanced person. And so he would take a, 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 a shura with him in, in affairs of the deen, in affairs of what to do. Situation happened at the end of Badr, when he took, and sometimes I'm saying this so, that they did the best they could, and then they will find out from Allah if they did well or not. So in the situation with, in Badr, after they you know, uh, uh, beat the war and they had all of the captives and said, what should we do with them? Turned so to Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr said, you know, you give, let them uh, uh, teach people how to read. Or teach people how to read or they can be ransomed and they'll go. And Umar said, nah. These, nah. These are the people that have been fighting against Islam for such and so and so time and we're not of a position of strength. They should be uh, penalized for what they did. So the Prophet tell him, he was a soft-hearted man like Abu Bakr, he went with Abu Bakr, but then the eyes came down to show that Irma was right in that situation. Until feel out, you're, until you're firm in the earth, then you gotta be serious about these people so that you're so that you 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 know so the people behind you know that you can't keep fighting against Islam. The, the time is over for fighting against that. It's time to settle down and do what you know is right. So anyway, the whole point is is that he would take advice or counsel with abu Bakr, and he would come over there twice a day every single day of his life to take counsel with him and he was there all the way until abu until the prophet died and that's why he was the one to be the first khalifa people would think abu huraira because abu huraira had the most hadith abu huraira started mixing with the prophet three years uh, approximately before the prophet died but he said and he he left everything and he said, I'm coming to sit with the prophet. So I said, I'm gonna learn from it. Oh and so he would not move. He was poor. Why? Not because he couldn't go make money, because he was so adamant that he was going to sit around a prophet and get everything that came out of Prophet's mouth that he left the sunnah for us to this day of why everybody sits around scholars and write down everything they say and then put the recorders and listen to everything they say because you don't know what's going to come out of that, ra- that righteous person's mouth that's going to be of benefit so Ebu huraira said I'm going to sit with him and not leave him at all and throw everything else that I wanted to do away in order to learn from him so the prophet so made "Duai," when he saw him doing this he made dua that he would be that he would have a strong memory he told him to lay out his cloak he laid out his cloak and he made dua by having a strong memory and he said after that I never forgot any Anything. He may do it for him and for his mother and be- his mother became Muslim and for everybody to love him and his mother. The point is, but he was only three years in. Abu Bakr had been with him since he was a, y- a youngster. So Abu Bakr was his right hand man. Like he said, <laughs> He said it two, three times. Who would he say that about? When Abu Bakr and Omar got into something, and Umar was right. And Abu Bakr came running and saying, Ya Rasulullah, Umar was right. But he said to him, Umar, and all the people around, he said, Abu Bakr is with me. And when everyone else said, Kedept, he said, "saddukt." When everyone else said, uh, 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 that he's, he told a lie, that uh, we belie what he's saying, the, the Abu Bakr said, I, I, I know that what you're saying is true. So he said, so why don't you, do, will you all leave my sahib alone? He called Abu Bakr his sahib. And Allah called them his sahib, also in the Quran. So the whole point is they had a very, very special relationship. But it shows the importance of even a most righteous person. You got to have somebody you can bounce these things off of. Well, my Sheikh Abdul al he had, uh, it was his old Sheikh. Old Sheikh, top person in the Quran in the village, apparently was one of the people he was teaching when he was young. And he had to be 20 years older than him. So that means he was in his 60s or 70s when I was there. And the Sheikh was in his 40s or 50s, in his, in his late 40s, early 50s. The point is is that he will come to the masjid and he would sit with that Sheikh. He will come into his head, into his quarters, and he would sit in there and recite the Quran on him. And then in Ramadan, you will hear him reciting Quran with him even more. But like that was his right hand man when it came to stuff like that. So you got to have somebody to bounce things off of. All right. <clears throat> So we saw from that that the Prophet ﷺ would come to visit them on the regular. Or the regular, like Aisha said, that he would come طرفي النهار بكرة وعشية. وهذا so the Sheikh said, so the statement of Aisha about him coming twice every day showed the position that, that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq had with the Prophet. He was his top, what would you say, This his first, his, his top counsel, top man counsel, basically second in command. He was the top person. huh? Yeah right hand man That's it That's it right there That's it He was his right hand man Okay He was his right hand man I had some other terms But the terms just didn't fit for this the terms that we use Where we come from You know uh, But yeah His right-hand man. All right hand man Alright to bidin The next point of benefit أن الانسان إذا لم يستطيع أن يظهر شعائر في بلده فإنه يشرع له أن ينتقل Okay, so the next point of benefit to give from this, which is a very dear point to me and the one I try to share with you guys the most often is the importance that if you as an individual, because the scholars have their own points about if you need or must make hijrah from certain places. So they'll say when they ask them, they say places where it's mostly like places like China, places like Russia. When they're persecuting you because of your dean, if you can get out, then you get out. But he said places like America where it's the guise of you can practice your religion and things like that, then. It's a choice and is uh, based on who you are as an individual. But many of the scholars say you should leave also because of all the corruption that goes on there. But they can't say for sure because of the fact that you are in the guise of being able to practice your religion. You can build masjid, you can come to Salat, you can study Islam, you can do all of those types of things there. But my point is, is that you as an individual, you need to fear Allah and be real with yourself. And I'm saying this for a reason, because if you truly find, find, like with me, I'm going to be honest with you. I found myself to be someone, everybody wanted to be, I'm the big leader. I'm a big leader. Yeah. I found myself to be someone who was influenced by their environment. Okay. And so being in an environment like that, I felt like it was a lack of baraka around me. And I knew at a young age, if I stay here, I'm going to hell. I mean, straight up, that's how I felt. If I stay in this land too long, I'm going to go to the hellfire because The people and the things that's around me constantly calling me, I fear that I'm going to start falling into this stuff. I'm going to work and coming back. You go to work and on your way back, you see this and you see that and people walking up to your cars asking what they could do for you in the middle of the night. And it's like, I'm not staying here. I have to go. Why am I saying this to you? Because if you realize that if you stay there, it's going to be the detriment to your deen, your dunya, your akhirah, then you have to trust that Allah is going to show you how to get out of there. And you have to take the steps to do it to save your soul and to save yourself and your family from the fire. You got to get out. Other people are strong and they're like, okay, I don't care. I'll be strong. Even when I would go back in order to help out with the Muslim communities, I would tell them on a the condition I'm coming in for three months. I'm leaving back out. I'm coming in with a round trip ticket. Get the time that y'all want. I'm leaving back out. And then that one situation where they said, no, you're going to stay for a while. Okay, I stayed for a while. And after a while, I was like, y'all been there too long. I've been like five, six months. I got to go get, I got to re-up. Because I ain't that that person. I'm not good being around all that mess. Constantly around me. So if you know that you that type of person where it's going to be calling you, calling you, you realize the better. So once you travel and you come back, you realize the difference of Barakah. so you over here and you know that I can remember my Quran. I always hear the van. I feel peaceful in the streets. I did this and that. I come back here. I gotta have a gun on me. I gotta. Uh, 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 I don't hear no van ever. Every time I came back to the Muslim land, I would cry the first time I heard the van, cause when you living in America, you don't hear no van regularly. And I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm home. I ain't even come from a Muslim land, but that's how you feel, like yo, I'm home." If you know you're that type of person, you can't say, "Oh, but I was just weak in the presence." That I had in the Quran it stands for both you and me if you're that type of person. Allah Jalla wa Ala said it, said Allah Jalla wa Ala says, "Innal ladheena tawaffahum almalai'ka zalimi anfusihim qalu fima kuntum qalu kunna musta'afin fi al-ard." Qalu alam takun ardhullah wasi'atan fatuhajiru fiha? Allah <laughs> said in Surah al he said, Verily, those people that the angels catch them or take their souls while they are wrong, being wrongdoers, while they are doing things and they ain't at their best. The angels going to say to them, What was your situation in the earth? They going to try to make an excuse to say, I was weak and oppressed. dude. are these days calling me, man was not the earth spacious enough that you could have made hijra somewhere to where you could practice your deen stronger and better so for those people then they would have earned whether Allah is going to give it to them or not they would have earned that they be punished and that's a bad way to be a bad situation to go into so the whole point is, is that if you realize that you're a person that you need to get away to save yourself then trust that Allah is going to show you a way. Don't be one of those people that say, oh, but I don't know the language, I don't know this or that, because if Allah is showing you, you need to go, you need to go. You trust in Allah and you leave and you find somewhere where you can live, get yourself in order, and then maybe come back and see, well, can I deal with it now or not? And if you see, because most people, uh, uh, like they say, if you, what did the Prophet said say about the man who killed 99 men? The rahib, or, the, or The scholar who said to him, he said, Sure, Allah will forgive you. After he killed 100 and he went to the, to the scholar and the scholar said, what be be What's between? What can never come between you and making toba? But if you go and make toba, he said, what? Go to that land where the people are righteous and worship Allah with them. And he said, what? And don't come back to this land because if you come back here, you gonna return back to what you was doing. Okay, that's a car If you go back to a place and you return back to the way that you was, you don't want to do that because you don't want to be the people that Allah said about them. In sorta an am, ma kana yufunum in kabul. Bel bel badalum ma in ruddu la'adu limanahu an, wa la When they ask, "Go send me back," and we ain't going live. You send us back and give us another chance in the land. We'll be good. He said, "No," but it's been shown now to them all the things that was hidden. But if we sent them back, they will return back to the way that they was. And verily, they are liars. That's what's going to be said to, about them. So the point is, you don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. We don't want to be that person. So this is masroor or it's legislated. If it's legislated, that means Allah is going to show you a way, inshallah. Even though right after what he says, the next ayah, he said, إِلَّا الْمُسْتَضَ مِنَ الْرِجَالِ وَالْنِسَاءِ وَالْوِلْدَانِ he says right afterward, he said, except for those people, from the men, the women, and the children, that they, they can't find a way they can't figure it out and they can't find a way in order to do it, then it may be that Allah will be merciful on them and Allah is merciful, is forgiving and merciful. But then look at the ayat afterward. He said, But the one who does try, he says, next ayah to encourage you though, he said, but if you do go and you make, the, take this try to go make hijrah, do set everything up like he says in the other ayah, what the that do? You got to make your preparations but the most important preparation is taqwa when you're going to make kaji. he says that. So if you set out, Allah says it and I promise you as, Lord, as true as Allah as, as, Lord as my Lord, he kept his promise with me and everybody I ever saw do it. He said that whoever leaves out to make Hijrah for Allah. He's going to see much plentiful means for him, and he's going to find the earth to be spacious and for him to move around and do what he got to do. And then he says, and whoever leaves out, going to Allah and his messenger, and then death takes him, then his his, his reward is with his Lord. So you can't lose. You can't lose. You prepare the best you can for ala Allah and then you trust in Allah if you know that you're one of those people that being there is losing your deen, losing your children, losing your children's deen. I know some people that they were strong, but they saw their child. I know, I'm saying when I say some people, they're the best they say ba'udh uh, uh, and they mean one person, but they'll say some. I know one person specifically, she was a strong woman, no problems. And her daughter, her daughter, you know, but her young son was in Islamic school and then the Islamic school closed so she had to put her young son into a charter school one of the best charter schools and one day she went to the young to the charter school and her son is sitting alone and she and he says she says well, what's wrong with you and he said nothing I don't, I don't want to be around those people because they're bad So said what do you mean they're bad he said those boys are telling that girl now mind you this is elementary school he was five or six years old at the time he said well, he said The boys are telling that girl To take down, to pull down her pants And making her do it And she's pulling her pants down A little to her thigh And I don't want to be around that So the mother goes over to them And says are you doing such so and so And they was like all arrogant Yeah Yeah And they said well why would you do that And they said Cause that's why I saw on television Well why are you looking at television My mom let me look at it and she said she turned to the girl and she told the girl to herself, so I said, don't you she said, don't you ever do no mess that the boys say you to do like that. You have to make so understand your body is a temple. You respect your body. You don't do anything that no boys say. They don't, they don't know. And then she took her son from school. And that was the day she decided she was going to make Hedra. She was strong, but she wasn't going to let her child get corrupted. So the point is, is that there can be many different ways where a law show you you got to go. But when it's time to go, you don't wait around for nothing to nobody. You let people know I gotta do this. But you're making a way to Allah. You let your parents know I gotta do this unless you need me to stay and help. I gotta do this, and you tell them because I'm trying to save our grand, you know, your grandkids, my kids, and trying to make sure they're in a good situation. Gotta go. We'll come back and forth to visit or whatever the situation is. But you gotta leave out with the intention that you're going to to to, to set your feet and set your place in the Muslim lands. It don't have to be one particular land, but the Muslim lands, and you coming back and forth to visit. And I'm telling you that for a reason because the people who say the opposite, they don't stay long, but the people who make that intention. I see that the law opens things up for them and showed them a way to do it. He'll test them in the beginning. I ain't seen nobody that the law didn't test. He tests you in the beginning and then afterward everything opened up by law's permission, and the only thing that goes wrong is when you mess up and make it wrong, okay so so this of course is going to be entitled an encouragement to make hijra uh, for those who need to make hijra. Okay, so the whole point is, is that coming back to what the Sheikh Mohammed bin Salih said, he said, so this hadith is a point that uh, that if you can't practice your religion properly um, in a land, then it's your shraat, then it's legislated that you move to another land where it's easier for you to practice your religion. Of course, the best land of Muslimin. All right, and it's a beautiful tape from Sheikh Mohammed bin al and That's what made me decide to do it um matter of fact my man abu mariam had him in his in his store but i don't know if it exists anymore but he did, talked about all the different points of benefit or reasons why, you, why it's better to move to the Muslim lands. And it's some beautiful things. He's a محدد. So he brought hadith after hadith after hadith. Like muslim Wal Mushrik la I remember memorizing that. That the Muslim and the Mushrik, they shouldn't even see each other's fires. And he said, you don't understand at nighttime how easy it is to see a fire. If somebody's miles away, you can see their fire from miles away. He says, so that means they're not supposed to be anywhere around each other because at nighttime when they light their fires up, they're not supposed to see each other at all. But it was mushrik, you know, it was mushrik. It wasn't Ahl al-Kitab. So my whole point is that that's not necessarily a proof for you. But those things are the things that stuck in my head. To have, yeah, it's better for me to be with the people who. own نَفْسَ كَمَا الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ doing a like Allah says, and so the kef, which I'm sure you guys read every Friday, he said, be patient, uh, uh, uh patiently preserve yourself around, uh, patiently persevering with those people who call on Allah morning and night seeking his face. So, uh, <laughs> and don't turn away from them looking to seek after the dunya. huh? So the whole point is a lot of times we stay there because we want the money, we want the nice, the easiness, we want the, you know, the n- no accountability. But reality is, is, you know, you know what's up. We who those who know know. Are Felem 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 Mabatulia El mu'minun Kharaja Sadir muhajiran When Takilu when what when one when when Tikalul in San Min Belladin ila bellad alchera e uh oh when ballad ila in elchor, let you call din, right. um run mohim. He says so when things got difficult for him to practice his religion uh, sadiq uh, Abu Bakr sadiq then he knew that he had to set out and make hijrah. and so from uh, uh, for for a person to travel from one land to another specifically so that they can practice their deen in a better way then this is a very important thing sheikh says he says uh yajibu lam an yuqima deen fi ما لم تكن في البقاء في البقاء مص uh, مصلحة أكبر من مصلحة الهجرة، وبلده ما لم تكن في, في البقاء مصلحة أكبر من مصلحة الهجرة. Okay. So he says that and if he said instead it is wajib, is obligatory a mandatory if a person can't practice his deen properly in a land that there's no and is no way. Uh, there's no other way to correct this situation than to make hijra. And understand always that you saving and preserving your deen is more important than you saving and preserving your way of income that you got that you got used to. or I will I will watan. Okay, so he said, it's more important than you saving, you know, you got yourself a nice job, than saving that job, or saving that, I just want to stay in my land because I love it. Prophet when he was leaving away from Mecca, he turned around to Mecca, and he said, you know that you're the most beloved place to me on the earth, and I wouldn't leave you if I wasn't be- made to have to leave you in order to preserve my deen, in order to practice the deen properly. Okay, awel uh, ahl, and he ended up dying in Medina. well ahl, you can't stay a I've seen so many times, guys, the thing that brings people home is grandmom is missing the grandbabies. So y'all just come on back for a little while and ask, ask uh, Salam. <laughs> that was my man. He was the one who set me up and got me started. Abub the Salam from Salafi Ak Battle man. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be anything. Battle that's who Allah used to get me started, yo. Um, over in the, in the Muslim world. And uh we done seen so many times people and their grandparents, yo. The grandparents, sometimes the mom, but a lot of times the grandma. Because, why the grandma ain't gonna be here long, the grandma I'm gonna die soon. And so, it's like, y'all come on back because I want to spend time with my babies. I miss my babies, and you be feeling all bad. And so, you go back over there, but they don't want you to just come visit. They want you to stay. It's a different if they want you to visit, you visit as much as you want to, find them to see their babies, but hopefully, to bring them to Islam. But they want you to stay. And so, you come and you say, I'm just gonna stay for a little while, and then you set up shop. And then, after about a month or two, they'll let you stay at home with them at the home. After a month or two, you're like, baby, you know you're gonna have to get yourself a job now, get yourself situated. And and before you know it, you plan on coming there just for a little bit to let grandma see, and you stuck there for two years, five years, never get out. That's how you do. So his whole point is, is that yeah, you keep good family ties, but you can't let that stop you or save or, or, or get you in a situation where you don't save yourself and your family from the fire. Okay and verily, being a stranger in another country for the sake of Allah is something that's actually a very honorable thing. ع... Okay, so he says something is مطلوبة, something that's that's that's, that's uh something that's that's preferred basically but he said and this is the reason why the sahabas they would they traveled uh made hijra a g- g- large group of them to Habashah, and then all of them to medina basically but before that the people that went to Habashah two times because they knew that they couldn't practice the Deen without difficulty in mecca and so they started to leave out all right uh okay next point سمعة الإنسان المسلم بين الناس. So important the importance, this lofty status and importance of a person to be known to have a good standing, people know good about you. The normal people, they know you for being a decent person. When people hear about you, it's like, oh, yeah that's, yeah, that's a good dude. You know, that's yeah, that's a very that's an upstanding person right there. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. No, no, no. He's a good person. That like, like, That's how people supposed to be. When they hear about you, okay? People, everyone knows the hadith, I believe, where the Prophet ﷺ said, Antum al-Mala'ika shuhada Allah fil-sama wa antum shuhada Allah fil-ard wa antum shuhada Allah fil-ard wa antum shuhada Allah fil-ard In the situation, there was a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ was was with the Sahabas and Umar ibn Khattab is the one who narrated the hadith. And he said, um, uh, janazah came past of, uh, of 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 meaning a funeral came past with someone and the people was they weren't talking good about the person so the prophet said what you bet you bet you bet he said three times and then another funeral came past and the people was talking really good about the person yeah he was, he was a good person this and this, and this, and this. so the prophet said says hadith so hey he said what you bet What'd you bet you bet so then, after the second, one, Umar al Khattab came to turn to the Prophet himself and said, what is, what is this wajibat that you're saying, Ya Rasulullah? He said, Is wajib upon those people? What the, the people say about this person It's wajib that that's what they're going to have to deal with with Allah. But he was talking about the Sahabas. He said, For verily the malaika shuhada Allah fil and wa entum shuhada Allah fil ard, and said it three times, wa entum shuhada Allah fil ard, wa shuhada Allah fil ard. He said the Malaika, or the angels, are the witnesses of Allah in, this, in the heavens. And you all, I'm talking about the Sahabas and the Muslims, you all, the you all are the witnesses of Allah on earth. You all are the witnesses of Allah on earth. You all are the witnesses of Allah on earth. So, of course, somebody could say, okay, so that's the Muslims. The Muslims need to think good about you. People need to think good about you because if you wrong people, they can get their hawk back. Muslim or non-Muslim, they can get their hawk back. You know who the Muflis is? The prophet says, "The Prophet says, I'm the sahabas, do you know who the muflis is? The bankrupt person is? The Sahabah said, the book, the muflis is the one who has la dinar la The muflis amongst us is the one who has, no, no, he don't have none of the stuff that folds, no, none of the stuff that as we say. He don't have a dollar or a cent. Bankrupt. And he said, nah, the muflis from my ummah, the muflis mufflessman Ummati, the bank person is from my ummah, is the one that's gonna come, Yom qiyamah and he's gonna have mountains of good deeds. Well I can cut cut uh call something ha wa shatem ahava, wa He said they but but he wronged this person and he uh, talk bad about this person and he took the per- this person's money without 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 good ju- just reason and he did this and this he said so these people are gonna come while and they're going to take from his sins to pay for it when he did this wrong take for his sins when you talk bad about me he's gonna tell me from his from his good deeds I'm gonna take from his good deeds his mountain of good deeds when you talk bad about me take my ground deeds da, 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 da. he said until all those mountains of, of good are going to be used up paying and people still gonna be coming so, those people, they want pay. So, they're going to take their sins and start putting it on him, putting it on him until he's overburdened by people's sins and no Hasanat, and then he would be dragged off and thrown into the hellfire. That's somebody who has Salat, has a cat, had all of this stuff, but they didn't do right with the people. So, you got to do right with the people. You gotta live right by the people because what? You are proof either for Allah or you are proof against Allah. What, did, what was the statement of uh, Bani Israel or Musa when they was going through that difficulty in Surah Allah? Uh, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In Surah Til al- before who? in Surah Ish. before Hud, Yunus. In Surah Allah, Yunus, they said, Oh Allah don't make us a fitna Oh, my our lord don't make us a fitna for the common mean. one of the understandings of that is that we do wrong and so as a result we get uh, we are we set a wrong example and so as a result people say why would we want to become muslim and look at them that's the example of a muslim why would i want to become muslim and so it's a fitna for them because they don't enter into islam because of how you acted how you carry yourself it makes them say Nah, no, I ain't getting in there. And so, unfortunately, with this younger generation, I saw it so much. When I was growing up, when a Muslim came down the street, I saw it so many times walking with my father and my mother, because mother got the big, my, my mother, I grew up, my mother was one of the only two women in in, in the community that weren't call. called. Um, so, alhamdulillah. So, I would see things from me walking with my mother that I didn't see even with other Muslim sisters. They had respect for all of them. But, like, they would have respect and they would like be respectful. But when I came with my mother and I was a little kid, I would see the next, "Oh, put their head down, put their head down. And we'd go back with my father, same thing. And they would say things like, yo, yo watch out now, you see the brother coming. you see see the brother coming. Because they'd be out there smoking and drinking and they see see a Muslim coming, they put their stuff behind their back. Yo, watch out now, you see the Muslim coming. they come and say, hey, how are you, brother? Good, good evening, brother, how are you? You know, and that was because the way that Muslims carried themselves back in the 70s and the early 80s People had respect for Islam. Then this new generation came. And yo, man, law almost fine. I like the masjid and with the Muslims, and you, you know, think everything good. Then the Imam is talking about these jokes, the ones that he said his sister came to the masjid, and it's like, uh well, he said, she said I came to the masjid because she, she said she pulled the Imam to the side and said, I actually came to the masjid because I was thinking about becoming Muslim for Jumwa. Uh, for Friday prayer she said she said then I I looked around and I saw that person I see him at the club and him I see at the club and him I see at the club and she said and I said I don't understand this because I've been reading about Islam but why are they at the club I was at the club they were there with me maybe I shouldn't become this and then the imam said and the people who know they was there as for that khutbah when I was there and he said, and she started pointing people out and she knew them by their names that they went by. She said, he said, and I want to say your names right now, but I'm not. But if I hear that y'all at the club again, I'm going to get up on this bimba exposure because of how people carrying themselves. These jokers is in the mess shit. I've been going out and selling drugs right on the corner all night. These jokers selling guns. And it's like. So people lost respect. For the next generation, he still got respect for the old heads, but that next generation, them jokers, they like, yo, my brother, my brother-in-law is a police officer, and he told us he's like, yo, it got to the point where when they describe the person that committed the crime, they was like, yeah, he's such and so and so, he wearing this jacket, and he got Sunni pants on and a Sunni beard. That's what they said about these jokers selling drugs because it became so prominent. They tell him by they know the name of Sunni. They literally said he got a sunna pants on and a Sunni beard. That's what he said. Came over the radio. That's how bad it got. In. And Shallah I've been away for a while, but that's the reason why I had to go. I hope that things are different now and that these young guys got older and they got some sense. And so the next generation is better because they had to raise children. But at the time, just the example that was being shown. So the whole point is, is that the Sheikh is saying right here. The importance of having good standing amongst everyone in the community. And the proof of that is the situation of Ibn Udagani. Ibn Udagani is a mushrik kafir, a disbelieving pagan. But he said about the Prophet, so I said him, the same thing that people said about Amin, about the Prophet, I mean, he said about Abu Bakr, the same thing, thing that people said about Amin, about the Prophet Muhammad, so I said, I know that he's upstanding. Everybody always knows him to be good. So when people think about you, what do they say? You got to think about that. You're gonna be asked about it. You're gonna be asked about it. So the sheikh says, For in the Suddich, Rodiola Anhu, Lenni Falcon, Walla'an, uh Wa in the meh uh Wa in the meh have that min tobarihi, Rodiola and who and the who can a careeman saw he Okay, so he said because Abu Bakr, he wasn't trying to, uh, he didn't have any type of hypocrisy about him. He didn't do, didn't do it to show off. He was known sincerely from his nature. He was known to be someone that was noble, respectable, kind, generous, and that he was known to do good things. So all those things that Ibn Darghida said about him. He knew no do no. He knew like he's like they say your reputation precedes you. His reputation preceded him. So he's saying immediately. Wait, 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 wait. Nah, nah, we're losing a good one here. Nah, you where you going? Nah, you ain't going nowhere. You got to come back, man, because you too good with the people. You too good to be having to leave out because of some foolishness. All right. So sorry. Uh okay, says he says so. وَهَذِهِ الْأَعْمَالُ الْخَيْرِيَّةِ الَّتِي كَانَتْ فِي كَانَ لَهَا بَيْنَ النَّاسِ حَتَّى Okay, so he said that the things that he used to do, the word spread amongst the people until so he was known for being this person that did all these beautiful things, okay? That's the reason why when, Abu, when Abu Ibn al-Daghina saw him leaving trying to leave Mecca he went back to the, to the leaders of the Quraysh and said to him five days travel to get back to him to tell him tell them look a person like Abu Bakr should never have to leave his homeland nor should he be extracted from it okay A, لَا يُمْكِنُ أن مِثْلَ هَذَا يَخْرُجْ ولا أو يُخْرُجْ إِنسَانٌ هَذِهِ صِفَاتُهُ وَذَكَرَ لَهُمْ صِفَاتُ الصِّدِّيقِ And then he named all the reasons why, all the different reasons why it's not proper to make somebody like this have to go. فَصُمْعَةُ الْإِنسَانِ الْمُسْلِمِ بِأَعْمَالِ الْخَيْرِ الَّتِي يَعْمَلُهَا he says, so we see from this that the good reputation that someone earns by just being a good person, they never know when because they're not doing it for that. They're doing it because, like Allah says, We don't want any reward from you, nor even any, any you know, my props. We want no props. We fear the day when people are going to be frowning in pain. So, they doing it sincerely, except people like that is well known about them, okay? What their situation is. And, uh, uh, and as a result, you never know, or they never know when it's going to come to their aid and save them from some difficulty. People, Allah says what? Allah says, and soda Rahim, Shura I believe, but it might be no He said, the He said, always repel the evil with that which is better, and you'll find that the person bet- that between you and between them is enmity, animosity. They like an enemy to you. And you'll find that they end up standing up from you for you like they're your dear friend and protector. How? Person comes, you know as a good person, and they be like, yo, that dude stole from you. Your enemy will be like, yo, I hate that nigga's guts. But he ain't stole from you. He ain't a thief. I, yo, I hate the dude. I wish you dude to curl up somewhere and die because I just hate him. But ain't no way that he stole your car. Ain't no way that he did such so-and-so. He doesn't do that. He, he doesn't do that. So your enemy will stand up and be like, no, no, he ain't, that ain't happen. They didn't happen. You're a liar. The, the truth ain't in you, as the old people used to say. The truth ain't in you. All right? So. It'll it'll come up to benefit you, like they said in the Fisiduk Najah. The verily in in being truthful and standing up for what's right in it is just is just salvation. Well, you yassiru Allahu lehu min al and He'll Allah will make easy things uh between the people with, for you. Wa lau min al-kafara and Mushrikeen, men yahmihi ayudafu andhu bi sabb' a'malhi al-khairiya. Even somebody that might be a pagan that might be upon something totally different than you. Somebody that might be whatever, a, a disbeliever. But they'll come and they'll take care of you and they'll defend you because of what they know of you for good. of good. أَنْ Muslim, عَلَىٰ أَنْ يكون له so it's imperative that a Muslim, or a person who's trying to be righteous, that they know, or that they are known for being one who spreads or who's known about doing actions of good. Jarun yujiruhu. Wait, uh, okay. And he said, You don't do it because you want to have a good reputation. Now, the people on the street, they'd be like, No, you can't do that because of my rep. You know, such songs are because my reputation. No, my rep mean everything. You don't do it for that. You do it because it's right and that'll get you the truest rep and the most honest reputation that you'll ever want. OK, so you don't do it for that. Well, that can that he came a You do it because that's what's right in this religion. And like I told you, that's how Islam spread through our communities, because the old people, they will watch the young people when they become Muslim. Oh, woman, watch your son when she become when he become Muslim. Oh old man, watch and you become Muslim, because they're looking to see, what they they old, so they're going to look and see what the outcome of this, and the ones who watch their children stay in it, and do right, and raise their children, on so many of them became Muslim as a result the ones who've seen the children do like I was just telling you, go, yeah, I'm Muslim and then they go and sell drugs, and this and that when it's happened, situation like I just, like I told you before the dude will get killed the, the, the father a Muslim they, the, the grandparents, not Muslim grandparents say they're going to do the funeral the way that they want it, and the father, no, oh, Muslim what do what, what, what the grandparents say to him you Muslim. You're the reason why this baby is dead. And they do their funeral the way that they want to do the funeral with dad going all kinds of terrible stuff and and, and letting birds fly and everything or that to get the graveyard site. Then you got to wait for all of them to go and come and wipe this stuff away from off the grave of your granddaughter, the, the grave of your daughter, because they had to have a Christian or, or whatever kind of funeral they're going to have for them. You can't even have a Muslim funeral because you were so not upstanding or people were so not upstanding that. Why would your parents or grandparents or, or aunts respect that you want a Muslim funeral for your daughter? You the reason why they did why she did. So we got to be better than this. And I'm saying all that to say, if you ain't going to do it for yourself, what you have to do in order for it to be sincere, do it because you know it's right. And you want your babies to be better than you. Correct yourself because you want your babies to be better than you. So... um Allah Ta'ala he says, so if you do it sincerely, then Allah is the one that's going to make the spread. You know, he's going to make the information uh, uh, to be known that you are someone that's good with the people. And so you'll see that the benefit will come back to you in the in, in this life and in the hereafter it will always come back to you, you know, always. All right? So let's see. I think we got time for a little more. Uh actually I think that might have been that was the last one. All right. So we got it in. All right. So with that being the case, the three key benefits and there was many benefits that he had, but I wanted to cover those three benefits. Actually is more but I don't see them here. So when I get them, inshallah, we'll do it as another class at another time. But uh, that was enough for now. So like I said, when we do these things, we're doing them with the goal of making sure that we do things to correct our lives. Like I said, when I came to start studying, <clears throat> when I came to start studying religion, um, I did it because I knew that I needed to better my life. I needed to be a better person. And I was pretty, mashallah. I consider myself to be a pretty good person. Uh, but you can't you can't weigh your skills based on people that's around you and what they doing and say, yo, in comparison to them, I'm good. You know that you got work to do and you might be able to get over with everybody around you. So you know that, that means you gotta surround yourself about people that's gonna call you on the stuff that you know you need improvement on, you know. So by Allah's permission, he allowed us to do things like that. I'm sure that it's more that I wanted to cover, but Allah decreed that it's not here on this page that I had. And so, inshallah, I'll gather together and I'll do it at another time. May Allah make us of those who are be be at our best at all times and always be in Allah's pleasure, always be in his favor. Um, And raise our children to be even better than us as Allah said. Wa aslih li fi he let us to make the dua that we do amalan taruda. So the ahqaf that we do actions um that are pleasing to him and to correct us to our offspring, make them even better than us. <coughs> so may Allah make us of those people mean <laughs> Till next time, you guys live right.